Welcome to Marvel. Welcome into the show, Marvel Fantasy Football Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great week in the NFL. Per usual, we'll get right into it. Cliff notes, it's really nothing major. Um, wanted to talk about the kicker, Brett Maher. So this was just a stat that I heard. That was the best kicking performance fantasy-wise. Uh, or I'm sorry, the second best kicking performance fantasy-wise of all time. Depending on scoring format, our scoring format's a little different, it looks like, but apparently he got 29 fantasy points as a kicker. You know, for whatever the record books are as far as fantasy points go, that format is he got 29. And um, in years past, the current number one fantasy kicker in the history ever for one game i thought it would have been justin tucker but i guess not it's jay feely uh he was on the miami dolphins years ago he had a 20 i'm sorry a 30 uh point kicking performance so just an unbelievable day for brett maher who was banging in 50 and 60 yarders which again depending on scoring format, you get a lot of points for those. And um, he was a difference maker for anybody that started him. We'll talk about him a little bit later on in the matchups. Um, Josh had two really good kicking performances at uh, this week. So uh, as far as the power rankings go, NFL power rankings, not much has changed. Number one, still the Kansas City Chiefs. And number two, is going to be the Buffalo Bills. They have now moved back up. And at number three, I'm actually sliding the Eagles down one spot. Although they won, they really struggled the last two weeks. They lost to the Commanders last week. They barely beat the Colts, who have a coach that was literally sitting on the couch two weeks ago. Uh, they only scored 17 points. It was 17-16. to 16. They beat the Colts. Uh, so in a winning you know, performance, I'm sliding them down one spot. So at number three, I have the Miami Dolphins who on a bye week actually moved up. I think their offense is prolific. I like their schedule moving forward. And I think they can go toe to toe with teams like the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, uh, who they already beat. So as far as the bottom teams, not much has changed. Houston Texans, they look like they're probably going to go through a quarterback change. Davis Mills is not the guy. And the next team up would be the Carolina Panthers. They're an absolute dumpster fire. They don't know who to start. Baker Mayfield, uh, Sam Darnold is coming back. It looks like he's probably going to be the starter next week, which I don't know. I don't know if that helps anybody, to be honest, but good for uh, good for Darnold get to get, you know, a, a third chance being a starting quarterback, at least for the rest of the year, possibly. Uh, and then the last of the three teams and the bottom of the NFL, I'm going, it's probably, it's probably the Atlanta Falcons. 
I'm going to go Falcons. Um, I, did they win this week? I, I don't even know. But to me, now that they lost Kyle Pitts, um, you know, Cordero Patterson is kind of piecing together a very good season. Marcus Mariota does not look that bad. He is a premier, like high-end backup quarterback from here on out of his career. As long as he can run, he's not that bad. I mean, I, this sucks to say. I mean, if you drop him on the Jets right now, they're a playoff team because Zach Wilson's not getting it done. But I am going to go just for personnel reasons. They have a terrible defense. I'm going to go Atlanta Falcons as a, as a bottom three team. Um, but without any further ado, we're going to get to the matchup of the week. We begin with the matchup of the week. Who's it going to be? It's Chris Roach taking on Cage Aziz. Chris Roach takes the win 107 to 103. This was a decently high scoring affair in a week with bye weeks and injuries. And a lot of other matchups did go to the wire right down to Monday Night Football. There was a lot of fantasy players in action going on last night in Monday Night Football. But this one, for me, had my eyes on it. Two teams with uh, above 500 winning records, both playoff bound. This could be an early playoff matchup, and Roach takes the win 107 to 103. Let's take a look at Chris's team. This was a matchup of the backup running backs. We'll talk about Tony Pollard, a.k.a. Well, I don't have a nickname for him. <laughs> I guess he's just the backup. Um, quote, unquote, the backup. Uh, I think he looks better than Zeke Elliott, but 80 rushing yards, two receiving touchdowns, and just had a bomb uh, reception on, you know, going for a touchdown. It was a, um, you know, one of those Aaron Jones types type end around. He ran towards the sideline and cut up field and just made a wide receiver like play on the ball and ran it. His speed is unbelievable. I think they're doing, you know, the right thing using Pollard and Zeke. Now Zeke kind of taking a back seat, but still going to get those goal line carries. There was a scenario where Tony Pollard got stuffed at the one yard line two times and they said, enough is enough. We're bringing Zeke in. So I think they got their thunder and lightning going in Dallas and uh, it's really helping the Cowboys get some wins. Um, as far as your dud goes, we're going Devin Duvernay. It looks like his time is over as far as fantasy relevance goes. All the opportunity in the world, um, you know, he could have been the wide receiver one in Baltimore, but he's just not getting it done. Lamar doesn't look himself lately, and um, yeah, it, you know, Carolina take the win. You know, I'm sorry, uh, the Ravens took the win against Carolina, but only scored 13 points. So Devin Duvernay, one catch, three yards. Uh, let's move over to Gage's team. I said this was a matchup of the backup running backs, the quote-unquote backup running backs, because um, Jamal Williams, 24 fantasy points, 64 yards on three touchdowns. This guy's a touchdown machine, leads the league in touchdowns for uh, non-quarterback positions. That's unbelievable. I really thought DeAndre Swift was going to eventually come back. And um, not only is DeAndre Swift back, he has – 
a very limited role. It's a three-headed monster, but Jamal Williams is dominating that backfield. I really think that coaching staff is just in love with Jamal Williams, and he's getting it done here. So, again, quote-unquote the backup, but he's really the starter. Uh, as far as your dud goes, nobody really crushed your team, um, you know, but from the tight end position, Robert Tanyan, um, only two fantasy – or I'm sorry, yeah, two fantasy points, two receptions for 19 yards – uh, in consideration, you know, Graham Gano, zero points. Uh, that's pretty hard to do. I, 0 for 2 on extra points. Didn't uh, take a field goal attempt. So, you know, maybe maybe Gano should be your dud because it's really hard to get zero points from a kicker. Usually they're involved some way, shape, or form. And, um, you know, I suppose if even if he kicked those two extra points and made them, you still would have lost. Four-point loss here for Gage, but... It looks like he's still playoff bound. He is 6-5 on the year, and Chris Roach moves to a very impressive 8-3 on the year. Nice job, guys. All right, our next matchup was also very close. Went deep into Monday Night Football. There was a couple... Good win, man. Good win. Great, great win, bro. Couple of those, and it worked. Pillar of Fire taking on bathroom hand jobs, and Tom takes the win 76 to 74. A defensive battle here, uh, which saw Jimmy Garoppolo march down the field and throw one more touchdown that Tom needed. Uh, 228 yards and four touchdowns for Jimmy G. Um, that's that's going to be your stud. Not only did he have a great, you know, top five type QB performance for you this week, but he does it in dramatic fashion. Last minute, you know, gets you the win in the Build a Bear Bowl. Um, you know, Christian Watson obviously got you off to a hot start on Thursday, but the rest of your team really did nothing until Jimmy G. Uh, you know, came and, and rescued you as Jimmy G always does, right? Handsome Jimmy. As far as your dud goes, you are spot on. Damian Pierce, this is hard to do. Eight rushing yards. I mean, wow. And, and I'm only saying that because of what we've seen Damian Pierce do all season. Um, it got out of hand. You know, Washington is playing much better now. Their defense kind of snapped out of it. Their offense is coming around. You know, Taylor Heineke is putting up some points. They're they're moving the chains. So when that happens, you know, negative game script. This is what's going to happen for Damian Pierce and, and some of those some of these running backs on bad teams. Uh, only ten, um, you know, ten rushes and only two receptions. He had thirteen opportunities in the game. Only got two fantasy points. Uh, moving on to uh, Corrado's team. Only 74 points here. Very disappointing. Uh, as far as your stud goes, it'll be Latavius Murray. Now, Murray's going to be interesting moving forward. Melvin Gordon was waived. The Denver Broncos have seen enough from Melvin Gordon. Um, he was in the doghouse weeks ago for fumbling issues. And I, I didn't know how long that leash would be. I thought maybe that leash would grow as the weeks went on. But that was a very short leash all this time and melvin gordon fumbled at the one yard line and he lost his job it's very ironic because chase edmonds got hurt who's also a denver bronco now 
and the Denver Broncos still waived Melvin Gordon. So regardless of not having pretty much any anyone in the running back room at this point, they had enough of Melvin Gordon. So that means Latavius Murray will be fantasy relevant moving forward. Mike Boone is expected to come back this week or next. So that'll be a two-headed monster, uh, which kind of clears it up a little bit. We'll see with, you know, what the injury to Chase Edmonds is, but not sure I want to use anybody except for Murray for fantasy purposes. Um, as far as your dud goes, there's a lot of them here. Uh, Kadarius Tony, although he was injured, was not doing anything. It seemed like even those scripted, you know, first 20, 25 plays, he was not heavily involved. I don't know if he even got a target. And then he goes ahead and gets hurt. So it's kind of like his Giants career all over again, and it's with Kansas City. I know I was pretty hyped up to start Kadarius Tony in a couple leagues. You know, Travis Kelsey came out and was just, I mean, you want to talk about high praise. Travis Kelsey was praising the heck out of Kadarius Tony, And I thought maybe there was a, you know, something he saw at practice where there was a game plan coming up for this game with Juju out and McCole Hardman out and um, he just didn't get it done you know and Corrado dealt with a lot of injuries here as well Joe Mixon was injured uh, obviously Tony it was this was a, a matchup with Tom uh, you know a lot of injuries is the reason why this matchup was so low scoring uh, Tom had Rondell Moore go down very early as well as Mike Williams that's the concerning one Mike Williams um, you know, ch trying to get him back. When do you start him? Mike Williams is a guy when he's off the injured injury report, very hard to just go ahead and throw him in your lineup. Now I see his bench. He really didn't have an option. Uh, you know, AJ Dillon's been a bust this year, so he's been nestled safely on Tom's bench. So I don't blame him for throwing in Mike Williams for the upside, but I think Williams is going to be that guy in the future uh, on any of our fantasy teams where if even if he's active i'm going to give him a week and see if he can get through one whole game but nonetheless uh tom takes the win and moves to four and seven on the year while bathroom hand jobs i don't think there has been much talk about corrado being in the build-a-bear bowl but he is heavily He's tied for last right now in the Build-A-Bear Bowl. Now, according to points, he does have more points than some of the other teams, but this is something to monitor. Uh, Tom does get a, you know, a one-game head start, a little cushion, but he can't stop playing. I know he's got injuries. Cooper Cup's out. We'll see if Damian Pierce can uh, kind of turn things around. But, yeah, bathroom handjobs is, uh, is definitely very, very involved in this year's Build-A-Bear Bowl. All right, moving on to our next matchup is going to be myself, Mr. Fahrenheit, taking on the brother-in-law, the little bro, Yeeter Skeeters, and I take the win 108-66. to A great defensive matchup by myself. That's right. I played a little defense against Jason. Let's get into it. Um, first, we'll talk about my stud. And, uh, man, Tyler Bass, 23 fantasy points. I, I had been winning the matchup. You know, pretty early on, I was kind of tending to my other fantasy team. So I really didn't dive into who was scoring points for my team. And um, with the kicker being the last position on the screen when you're kind of scrolling, I had no idea that he had 23 fantasy points. Now, we will talk about another kicker um, later on on Josh's team uh, that I mentioned in the cliff notes. But my goodness, 23, that's that's going to get you a win, man. Uh, anytime you get that from a kicker, very excited about that. As 
far as my dud goes, James Robinson, only 10 yards, one fantasy point. The Jets, you know, set offensive football back 40 years on Sunday. Now, Patriots are the number one rushing defense in the league, so I didn't expect much, but he was sharing the ball with Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. Um, you know, Coach Sala was doing anything possible to get that run game going because Zach Wilson was so awful. Um, so he was, you know, it was a catch-22 for Coach Sala. You know, the running game wasn't working, going against the best, you know, coach in the league, best defense in the league, and then Zach Wilson looked like a rookie quarterback who's probably not going to be on the Jets for very long. Uh, so James Robinson won fantasy point. Heading over to Jason's team, only 66 points here. Man, oh, man. Uh, I really think that Derrick Henry trade did him in. Now, if he had Derrick Henry here, I still don't think it would have mattered. He just had a down week. He's got a lot of injuries going on. He's got bye weeks. He's got Leonard Fournette on bye. You know, something very small, but, you know, Zay Jones happened to be on bye. He's hurting at wide receiver Jerry Judy and Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquise Hollywood-Brown all out. So a guy like Zay Jones would have given him um, a little bit more upside and maybe a safer floor than a Ben Skoranek who he had to start or a Devontae Parker. I mean, Devontae Parker was a very tough start against, you know, the Jets have some of the best corners in the league. So, um, you know, there's duds all over the place. Uh, Donta Foreman, 24, you know, rushing yards, two fantasy points. That was part of the defense I played. Um, I knew it was going to be a tough matchup and, you know, who knows? Foreman could have went out there and scored three touchdowns, but I was just playing the odds there and I traded Foreman to Jason, um, you know, so hopefully it does work out for him in the future. I don't want to trade crappy players to people, but uh, nonetheless, it worked for my fantasy purposes here. As far as your stud goes, though, George Pickens, he looks like the real deal. Four receptions, 83 yards and a touchdown, and he also um, missed on a Almost second touchdown, a 40-yard touchdown would have added to his day. But uh, either way, right now, the way I see it, unless I'm looking at it wrong, it's between Jason and I for that last and final uh, playoff position. And uh, it really helps getting a win versus Jason. So we got, you know, three weeks left. And uh, we'll see we'll see what, what I can do if I can sneak in. Um, but I'll take the win, and I'm five and six on the year. Jason's still above 500 at six and five. All right, our next matchup was in contention for matchup of the week for sure, due to the caliber of the teams playing and just the amount of points scored and it went right towards you know deep into monday night football but it's dawson knox's creek taking on unleash the beast josh versus alicia and alicia takes the win uh, this was a uh, matchup that you know sunday night football and monday night football were uh were the determining factors of the matchup with alicia having patrick mahomes and travis kelsey on Sunday night, and Josh having DeAndre Hopkins on, um, you know, Monday night. He he also had Harrison, um, yeah, Bucker. Harrison Bucker is his name? Buttlicker? What's his name? Harrison? I think it's Harrison Bucker. Um, 14 fantasy points for Bucker. Let's talk about Alicia's team first. Um, it, 
you know, her studs are going to be a duo. They're a combo. They're a tag team. And they're going to be the reason if she does win the fantasy title this year, these two will be the reason. It's Patrick Mahomes and it's Travis Kelsey. Uh, good for, you know, I don't know, 59 fantasy points between them two. It's insane what they're doing right now. You know, no Tyree Kill, no Juju Smith-Schuster, no Nicole Hardman, no problem for the Chiefs. I can't, no other team could lose that many weapons. Look at the Chargers. They didn't have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, and they haven't been playing very well. But as long as Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, they're going to be a top three team in the NFL. They don't even need Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who got injured. They're, I mean, at the end of the year, he's going to be done off the team. They have a six-round, you know, running back who's electric quick in Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, so I know I'm kind of getting off, you know, page here just talking about the Chiefs, but it just goes to show you how awesome that offense is, and uh, primarily Patrick Mahomes. As far as her or her dud goes. It's going to go to Tyler Boyd, who really did nothing the entire game. I was asking people if he was actually injured. He was zero for zero. Finally, I did find a site that had that he had been targeted. He had been targeted, uh, you know, five times. He ends up with two receptions for 42 yards. I can't believe he even got five fantasy points. That was deep into the fourth quarter before he even had a catch. Uh, and that game, you know, was a high-scoring affair you know, Bengals versus Pittsburgh Steelers. So you expect more from Tyler Boyd when there's no Jamar Chase. But everything was going to T. Higgins. And, of course, Samaje P. Ryan. Everyone started Samaje P. Ryan, right? Um, So nonetheless, she puts up another huge performance, 137 points. She is now 10-1 on the season, folks. This is by far, in all six of my leagues, you know, by far the best uh, record. It's not even close. I think the next best record is going to be 8-3, and three, and that's in all of my leagues. So 10-1, and one, that's something. It's it, She's unstoppable right now. Um, let's see who's going to get it done. Looking at Josh's team, it's just one of those situations. You go against the best team in the league that week. Uh, I believe you were second in scoring on the week. Let me just quickly vet that. Yep. Uh, Josh was second in scoring. I hate to see this, you know, uh, but 132 points is a great week. Justin Fields puts up another monster day. Um, Derrick Henry got you off to a good start, but I'm going Devontae Adams. This is just a reminder, you know, players – all players have bad games, right? Devontae Adams had a, um, what, like a one point? No, he had he had a .7 fantasy output four weeks ago. He had one catch for five, uh, for three yards against New Orleans. And um, ever since then, 31 fantasy points, 23 fantasy points. And then this past week, 29 fantasy points against Denver, who has a very good secondary. It's just overall a really good defense. So... Devontae Adams is just, man, he's such a stud in such on such a bad team. The Raiders suck, and he's the number two wide receiver in the league. If he had stayed with Aaron Rodgers, I think the Packers would probably win the North, and he'd be putting up numbers just like this, and right now neither team is winning. Um, so that, that marriage probably should have stayed together. Um, 
unfortunately for both parties. As far as your dud goes, I mean, I don't know what you expected from uh, Jarek McKinnon, but I'm going to go Hayden Hurst. Jarek McKinnon only got less than one fantasy point. He had a fumble. But I'm going to go Hayden Hurst because, again, kind of like Tyler Boyd, who scored all the fantasy points uh, for the Bengals? The Bengals put up 37 real points and no Jamar Chase. So you feel like, okay, T. Higgins, definitely. And who else was a benefactor in Hurst? Or Boyd, neither one of them really got any points going. So only three fantasy points for Hurst. It looked like he was going to be a very startable tight end. But, man, the tight end position, not not only are a bunch of studs injured right now, you know, like Ertz and Goddard, but in now Pitts, not that he was elite, but at least you could throw him in your lineup with some upside. But guys like Hayden Hurst now, who maybe we thought were becoming startable, must start, you know, Gerald Everett's injured as well. There's, I mean, if you have a Kelsey, an Andrews, maybe a Dalton Schultz, and maybe a Fryermuth, it's like those are the four top dogs. And I'll throw Kittle in there. Kittle had a great game last night. Those are the, those are the five top dogs that you need to overcome, you know, your opponent on a weekly. If you have one of those tight ends, every single week you're going to have a chance to win because you have an advantage. So... You know, kind of sucks to see Hayden Hurst not perform. But nonetheless, Josh takes the loss, moves to a very respectable 7-4 and four after a loss. is not bad. And he's scoring points. We'll see what happens with the injury with Justin Fields, who's kind of been fueling this, um, this run by Josh. I see he does have Tom Brady on the bench ready to go in case he needs a spot start. I can't see Justin Fields starting this week, and it's a really bad matchup against the Jets, but there's no bad matchup really for Justin Fields because of the rushing. But Alicia, again, 10-1 and one on the season, 100% playoff bound, and it looks like, I mean, I haven't really run the numbers, but it looks like she's guaranteed a bye week. So uh, Alicia is really going to be focusing on winning two games from this point forward to win the championship, and she can absolutely do it. None of the rest of the regular season games matter to her, so she's going to be focusing on uh, those, those two playoff games that she has to win. All right, our next matchup, also in contention for matchup of the week, very important Build-A-Bear Bowl matchup. The Book of Samuel, Joe Chick taking on Juan Torres Falcons, and Joe Chick takes the win, and uh, he is now tied with a bunch of other people in the Build-A-Bear Bowl. I know he's excited about that, as excited as you can be, you know, (laughs) for the Build-A-Bear Bowl, but he was sitting there at only two wins, and now he has three let's take a look at his team man this is one of those instances where a trade just really helped both teams it felt like a good trade when i saw it happen i I love to see this um you know joe chick traded george kittle for zeke elliott zeke elliott pops on his team 42 rushing yards and two touchdowns meanwhile we'll talk about george kittle a little later for taylor's team but he had a great game so just one of those awesome trades Towards the end of the um, you know deadline, that helped out both teams, and um, I'm sure Joe Chick is excited for that. As far as your dud goes, it's tough to pick one. I'm gonna go Brian Robinson Jr. though, 5.7 fantasy points, and the reason why, I mean, he's uninvolved in the past game. Looks like Antonio Gibson has. 
He's not the starter, but he has flourished in his secondary role. He's he's so dynamic um, compared to Brian Robinson. He doesn't need many touches. He's more efficient with those touches. So it kind of makes sense that you throw Brian Robinson in there for whatever, first down, see what you can get, and now Gibson's on the field for the rest of the snaps because of how dynamic in the past passing game he is and he just looks faster than brian robinson but brian robinson against the houston texans the worst rushing defense in the league only 57 fantasy points and the commanders won so the game script was there and he's just still didn't get it done disappointing he's a you know running back three moving forward borderline barely startable but you know for joe chick's situation a running back is a running back hard to find starting running backs nowadays um you know just ask Melvin Gordon. Uh, as far as um, you know, as far as your uh, stud goes, you know we talked about Zeke Elliott, but I, you know Joe Burrow looking great. He's a gunslinger, three fifty-five, four touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, twenty-six fantasy points, a top-end quarterback performance for fantasy this week, and uh, you know right around that league average, Joe Chick, one hundred and eight fantasy points. Gets you the win. So nice job. Moving on to Juan's team, 86 points. So, you know, big win last week. He was in matchup of the week last week, and he's kind of back down in the slums here. Let's talk about he did have a stud, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Good player, man. Um, you know, hyphenated name. Can't trust him. Five receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. But uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be possibly a wide receiver too. Uh, Low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three moving forward because what he's doing right now with Jacoby Brissett, who also had a pretty good game, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is coming back. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to take a game or two for Watson to kind of get acclimated, but he does he is more talented than Jacoby Brissett. So I think moving forward, there's going to be some really good fantasy relevance for Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was having a solid year, just not scoring touchdowns. And he gets the touchdown here, 14 fantasy points. As far as your dud goes, this one's easy. Kirk Cousins, two fantasy points. You cannot score two fantasy points from your quarterback position in fantasy and expect to win. Um, it wasn't even prime time. I, they just got absolutely torched by the Dallas Cowboys, uh, 40 to three. Woo. Um, so just a bad, bad day for the Minnesota Vikings who will still probably win the North. Uh, but it's a game they're going to want to forget about. And, uh, fortunately for one, he threw Kirk cousins in his starting lineup and his, his boy uh, was sitting there on the bench. Could have got him the win or at least close to a win, but Marcus Mariota was on Juan's bench Hindsight's 2020, but, um, you know, that would have been 17 fantasy points coming from his bench. So tough start-sit decision there. Probably lost a little bit of sleep. Maybe didn't. Uh, maybe standing in line for the Build-A-Bear Bowl. He's going to build himself a nice little bear. And uh, can't wait to see. I can't wait to see who's going to go to this restaurant with a bear, man. I mean, I think we got to set some ground, ground rules. It's got to be done at a restaurant. I don't care what time of day, but I think the you have to bring a bear by yourself and you have to have the waiter or waitress take a picture of you. That kind of solidifies everything that it happened. You know, you can't just be taking a quick selfie with it and then and then throwing the bear like under the table. Just you got to go through the whole, you know, thing. 
And if it's someone that's local, I might just show up and sit at the bar. I got, I got to see this in action. I mean, heck, I might be in the Build a Beer Bowl. Who knows? There's three weeks left. We don't really know. But those are the parameters, and we're going to stick to those. It, unless anybody has any other ideas, I don't want to add too much. Uh, but I think you got to go to the restaurant with the bear by yourself. They have to sit across from you, and you have to have the waiter or waitress take the photo. And that's the shame right there. And I don't care if you put a sign that says, I suck at fantasy football. That'll make things easier, and people start to understand that stuff now. Um, but I think I think those are the guidelines. Those are pretty easy guidelines to follow. So let me know in the chat if you guys have any other ideas. But um, nonetheless, Joe Chick three and eight on the season, matching Juan Torres is three and eight on the season. Now Joe Chick has been scoring points this season. So not only is he tied with three and eight, he is now above all the three and eight teams because of scoring, scoring matters, all scoring matters. All right. Our next matchup is going to be Els Bells taking on the trophy wife, another contender for matchup of the week. And Els Bells gets it done, a lower scoring affair than he's used to, 103 to 101. Man, the trophy wife went deep into Monday Night Football with a chance. I'm telling you, that trade, George Kittle for Zeke Elliott, uh, really worked out for both teams. Even though she got the loss here, that was a great trade for her. She was tight end needy, and um, George Kittle had himself a game. Let's talk about L's team first, though. As far as his stud goes, Amari Cooper, who I tried to get from him all last week because I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to say I saw this coming, but Amari Cooper is a very underrated underrated wide receiver at this point, and um, I was I was going hard in the paint to get Amari Cooper. I was trying to trade him Mike Evans, who was on buy for me. I was trying to buy myself a week. Um, I even tried to. I think I even offered him possibly T Higgins, but that would have been a kind of a wash trade. So I, I think I probably would have backed out of that one. But Amari Cooper, 27 fantasy points, eight for 113 and two on the Buffalo Bills. Great game. Uh, it was considered an away game. That was his first good away game, although it was in Detroit. Um, but let's take a look at some of his other players here. Justin Jefferson is going to be his dud. Three for 33, only four fantasy points. We already talked about Kirk Cousins not performing. Again, so weird. Usually, you know, 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins is unstoppable. Maybe it was a 4 o'clock game, but it, it wasn't prime time. So very, very odd that Kirk Cousins had a bad game um, on a non-primetime game. Um, in consideration, uh, Ramondre Stevenson didn't have a great game either, Saquon Barkley. So this is just a, 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 a you know, a average performance for Elliott's team. He had some bye weeks, Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne. So this is not even his full squad. So I think he's going to be just okay. Uh, and he still came out with the win. As far as Trophy Wife, solid effort here. You know, obviously some duds. I know she had mentioned Kenyon Drake as her dud, but Jared Goff is the dud. You can't get six fantasy points from your quarterback. The quarterback touches the ball 50 to 60 times a game, and if you're only getting six fantasy points, he's he's who did you in, um, if, I, if I phrase that properly. Even Melvin Gordon, who got, you know, um, he fumbled at the one-yard line. It looked like they recovered it at the one, but they ended up – releasing him they've had enough of melvin gordon still almost got you 10 fantasy points 
Jared Goff, six fantasy points. It can't be done. He's the reason you lost. Um, as far as your stud goes, you know, the aforementioned George Kittle. What a trade. Four receptions, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, although you lose this week and you are staying at four and seven, so you're you're one game up. You're, you're in the Tom zone here, we'll call it. Um, you guys are neighbors, and you guys have the same record, and you have a one-game lead on all those three and eight teams. And I think that George Kittle trade is just going to help you maintain from here on out, possibly scoring some extra points that all, all these other people, you know, teams that don't have tight ends are going to be struggling. Like myself, I don't really have a tight end. I would dream of George Kittle, uh, but the deadline is passed, so George Kittle is yours. So I think he might help stable your team to cruise on in um, or cruise on out of the Build-A-Bear Bowl. But as of right now, um, you know, you're still in contention, but I think you're going to score enough points to, to not have to bring a teddy bear to lunch. Uh, Els Bells moves to 7-4 and four on the season. Trophy Wife, as I said, 4-7 and seven on the season. Nice matchup. Okay, if you're still listening, it is time for our League Power Rankings, sponsored by FanDuel. No, just joking. Um, at number 12, Torres Falcons. At number 11, The Trophy Wife. At number 10, Pillar of Fire. At number 9, Yeeter Skeeters. Keep sliding down. At number 8, Bathroom Handjobs. At number seven, the BV Bar Wenches, Chris Roach. That's still surprising to me. I think you should be up a little higher. At number six, the Book of Samuel. So a, a big win for Joe Chick. The simulator loves his team moving forward. Number six, a little higher than I expected. At number five, this is also a surprise. A surprise. Unleash the Beast at number five. I'd have her uh, much higher. At number four, Bye 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 Week, Gage Aziz. Uh, that makes sense to me. I think he's a top four team in the league. At number three, Dawson Knox's Creek. So Josh creeping up there. He keeps scoring points. Justin Fields is the catalyst for this onslaught of points lately. We'll see what he can do without Justin Fields, possibly for the next couple of weeks. And they might even shut him down for the year. I hope that does not happen. I The Bears are very, very watchable with Justin Fields. I don't know who the backup is, but it's not going to be as fun without Justin Fields on that team. At number two, still doesn't make much sense to me, Mr. Fahrenheit. I'm at number two. Um, again, not sure how this simulator is doing the power rankings. To me, if I was doing power rankings, I would be considering the playoffs. And to me, just the eyeball test, I don't think this simulator is counting playoff scenarios. I think I click rest of season power rankings. I think it's literally just ranking its top teams, not considering playoffs. Does that make sense? Because I can't be the number two team if I'm not even in the playoffs yet. Um, you know, Joe Chick ranks sixth doesn't make sense. He's not going to be a top six team. He's three and eight. So it doesn't make sense. He's the top six team. I think it's literally ranking them on. I guess I know I guess that's what it is rest of season so it's not taking into account the past or your record at all so take it for what it is I think I would do my power rankings a little different 
Um, we can talk about what you want me to do next year. But at number one, no change, L's, Bells. So um, definitely some discrepancies in my mind. Like, I, again, I wouldn't have myself number two. I'd be more down towards the 5-6 area because that's what I'm battling for. I'm battling for that sixth position. It would make sense that I'm closer to the sixth spot than closer to the one spot. But, uh, you know, the simulator likes the team. Uh, but nonetheless, those are the power rankings. I will update those again on Thursday. If there's no change, I will just be screenshotting this and sending it to the league. Well, I guess that's what I would be doing anyway. But nonetheless, uh, good luck in your matchups, in the Build-A-Bear Bowl, in your, you know, playoff matchups coming up. We only got a few more weeks left of the podcast. I don't record during playoffs. You know, I'm not sure how many people are still even listening, but I still love doing it. I appreciate you. I love you. I'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Possibly a special guest next week. We'll see. Take care.